So today, I know probably we have gotten the message from what we've read. Today, I'm going to be speaking to us today about a, dub a bit double-minded and unstable, as stipulated in James 1.8. You know, most times our faith rises, I mean, has been tried and tested every single day. But we must be intentionally, we must be steadfast. We must all take our stand we must hold, our, hold on to our faith. Amen. We must not allow the temptations, the trials of this world to shake us. Amen. You know, we were talking about, um, last week we talked about the Christians, the church of the world, isn't it? And we talked about how steadfast they were in the things of God. And this is the things that we need, you and I need to adopt into our new era, into our Christianity, to our church today. Amen. You know, when we, when we look at the double-minded, we look at double-minded, we look at who are double-minded. We look at things that they, that they possess, that they do to make them double-minded. I, I just want us to take us back to the Bible. I want us to take us back to John the Baptist. When John is a somebody, I just want you to relate with that this morning. John is a man that was sent forth to prepare the way. Isn't it? For, for, the, for the coming of Jesus Christ. He was sent forth even while he was still in his mother's womb. The Bible says when um, Mary came to Elizabeth, that he jumped inside of his mother because he knew his purpose. He knew what his destiny. He knew that his destiny was tied to Jesus Christ. And here is the same John when he faced his trials. When he was about to be thrown into the prison, he sent people to go and find out if this God, Jesus Christ is truly the one to come. Double-minded. The same John the Baptist that knew exactly what his purpose was, the one that baptized Jesus Christ. And when he baptized Jesus Christ, the Bible says that the heaven opened, he saw it, and God told Jesus, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. The same John that saw all this thing happening, went back, but because of trials, because of temptation, he backed up. It was like he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure of his faith anymore. Amen. That you can read from the book of Luke 3, 21 to 22, and Luke 7, 19 to 20. Amen. So let's just try and put, um, you know, a, a, a definition to what a double-minded is. Say double-minded is someone that is confused, unstable. You know, when I was writing this, what Pastor Young said came to my mind when she said something about somebody that woke up in the morning and said, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. That is double-minded. You slept in your home bed. Which side is wrong? Amen. So it's, it's, that person is confused, is unstable, is restless. They are indecisive. They are two-faced. They vacillate between two opinions. They are not sure which way to go. They say one thing and they mean the other. They, they can do things one minute and the next minute they say, I can't do it. Amen. Double-minded people are neither hot or cold. They are unstable, according to James 1.8. So this morning, I, I've, I've had something that I, call, that I mean, that I collected, not my own 
thoughts, but I got it from somewhere that I want us to look at and assess our own life. I want us to evaluate ourselves and look at all those things. It says double-minded, these are the characteristics. So if you have this kind of characteristic this morning, I just want you to go back home and just think about your life deeply and begin to ask God to cleanse you. Say so They say one thing and do another. Indecisive majority of the time. Inability to make calculating, the calculating decision. Can't focus and think properly. They change relationships consistently. Not a good steward with God's money. They don't know what to do with the money that God has given to them. They talk about faith and live in doubt. You come to church on a Sunday morning. You're like, oh yes, God is able. He is able to do everything that he says he will do. And when you get out on Monday... Not even Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. On Monday, just straight after Sunday, you begin to doubt that, oh, this, what am I going to do today? The thing, everything is just weighing me down. Amen. They are easily distracted from spiritual things. They tend to seek men's approval and God's approval equally. God has spoken to them. And they go to somebody and start asking, is this true? This is this how I, I should do it? I'm, I'm going to confess to that. When I was preparing, I prepared this message. I've typed it out. I've put it together. And then on Sunday last week, I began to doubt myself. Then I went to one of the ministers. And I asked, I said, please, can you help me put this thing together? I want you to, you know, to make it look fancy, to make it to be appealing when I'm speaking it. And God corrected me when I go home. See, you are a double-minded person. And I'm like, wow, you are preaching this message and you are still being double-minded. You're not taking what you're preaching into, you know, into mind. You still want to seek other people's approval when I've approved the message for you. Amen. So I said, oh, I'm sorry, God. They easily fall back into old habits. They have, pers they, they, oh, okay, something is missing there. They hate personal confrontation, but they love to talk about other people's behind their back. You know, those are double-minded. So I'm giving you all this for you to start thinking. They get excited with the things of God quickly, and they fizzle hard quicker. You know, they all like spiritual. One day they are spiritual up there, and the next day they're like, you know, they don't handle finish well. I pray that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. So if you have looked at all this list and you're thinking, mm, is my, my friend falls into these categories, then you are double-minded. Amen. So you need to think for yourself. I pray the Lord will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. So I said here, I said you cannot be right with God and the word. It's absolutely impossible. In Matthew 6, 26, 24, Matthew 6, 24, it says, no, ma no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Amen. So many of us today, we want to be right with God. At the same time, we want to do the things of the word. We want to come to church, praise God, serve him, you know, and at the same time, we get out there, we want to continue with that, to do the things of the world, we want to please the word. 
why the Bible makes us understand that it's impossible, it's impossible for us to do both. You either love the word and hate God, or you love God and hate the word. John 15, 19. John 15, 19. It says, if you were of the word, the word will love its own. Because, I mean, yeah, because you are not of the word, but I chose you out of the word. Therefore, the word hates you. Amen. So, but if you're of the word, they will love the things that you do. Double-minded. You do the things of the word to please the word. And then when you come to the things of God, you do your best. Not all. You don't give God all of you. So I said in my notes that, okay, yeah, that's just another version of John 15, 19 that we read. It says, if you belong to the word, it will love you. We've read that, so I'll move forward. So let's see the instruction that was given to us in Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2. I'm reading from the Good News Translation. It says, do not conform yourself to the standard of this word, but let God transform you inwardly. And when I was reading that, I stopped. It says, let God transform you inwardly, which means that you need that transformation. And I was reading for that. I said, by a complete change of mind. So you need your mind to be changed before the transformation comes. You know, there's... um. There's, when we say, okay, when you've confessed Jesus Christ, you've received him, you've given your life to God, all things are passed away, and behold, all things are being new. Amen. It means before those things become new, before you are transformed into the image of God, you need your mindset to change. You need to start adopting the mindset of Christ. You need to change your mind, your mentality, everything needs to change. Amen. So be that before the transformation should occur, then there needs to be a renewal of mind. Amen. So that's what um, Romans 12, 2 is telling us. So then you will be able to know the will of God. So without, transform, without renewing of your mind, you cannot be transformed. And without transformation, that means you cannot even know the will of God for your life. So it's a, what, the will of God that is good and is pleasing to him and is perfect. Let's open our Bible to James 4. James 4, 4. It says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. It says, come near to God and it will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. You double-minded. You know, this passage in the Bible, we use it to pray every single day. Every time we gather together to pray, Pastor Omar always led us, is purify your mind, you double-minded. says, because anyone that is double-minded is unstable, is like a wave that is tossed from one place to the other by any doctrine. Any little thing comes, you are panicking, you are, you know, James did not write this message 
to non-believers. So if we're sitting here and we're thinking, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I don't need to hear this. It did not address this letter to non-believers. It says, my brethren, consider it joy if you come into trials and temptation. It was writing. When I, went, when I was studying it, I was you know, trying to figure out who James. James, is, they describe him as the brother of Jesus Christ. James, before he wrote this message, before, I mean, he gave his life to Christ, he did not believe in Jesus Christ. And he's a brother of Jesus Christ. He gave his life at the point of resurrection. So he knows what he's writing. He knows the importance of not being divided. He knows the importance of having a single mind with Christ, with God. So he's writing this message to believers. And this is why God is speaking it to you all sitting here this morning. Because majority of us are double-minded. And we need our mind to be purified. We need our mind to be sanctified. You know, brother was saying something this morning. He said he, she was thinking about why the miracles of the whole are not being seen and not being manifested in this present time. It's because we, our mind is double. We are operating in a double-minded state. Amen. If we start to shift our mind and start to operate in the mindset of Christ, then we'll start to see changes. Because when, when, when the miracle wants to take place, people's mind are not together. They're not flowing with the spirit. And the Bible makes us understand, they said, God seek after those who worship him in spirit and in truth. So you're worshiping God. We're all gathered here worshiping God. Your mind is wandering. You're thinking about the bills you have to pay. How is the miracle going to come? You're thinking about the, 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 I mean, the food you need to go and cook when you get home. You know, in your mind, you've put all the recipe together. And you're standing before God. You're waving your hand, praising him. Amen. I pray the Lord will help us. Let's look at Jeremiah 7, 9, 10. Jeremiah 7, 9 to 10. It says, you still and mother, you lie in court and are unfaithful in marriage. You worship idols and offer incense to Baal. When, when, when these gods have never done anything to, for you. 10 says, and when you come into my temple and worship me. You think I will protect you so that you can go on sinning. See, we, when we look at that, you feel, oh, no, we, we don't do that. We don't fall into that. How many times have we go back home from here and start telling lies? And, you know, you say, oh, it's, it's white lies. You can manipulate the lies just to suit your own purpose. We talk about idols here. Rhoda said two Sundays ago when she was preaching about idols. Idols is not something you carve. It's not, some, it's not an image that you carve and start bowing down and worshiping. Idols is anything that you put above God in your life. It can be your job. Unconsciously, sometimes we put our jobs before God. We put so many things before God unconsciously. And today we need to repent. Our mind needs to be cleansed. It needs to be purified. Amen. So whatever you put above God. So he's saying you worship idol. You put things above me. And then you come to my house. You come to worship me. And you expect me to protect you. Amen. Elijah 
Acts, the people in 1 Kings 18 to 21. It says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Ba is God, follow him. But what happened to the people? Even in that situation when he was giving them choice, they were still indecisive. They could not make up their mind who to follow. They answered him not. So one way for us to stop being double-minded is to get deep in and knowing God. Just get deep in, be rooted in knowing God for yourself. You know, uh, my friend's daughter asked me yesterday, she said, what is my take in the teaching today in the church? That what do I, I mean, what do I, I mean, the way the teaching is in the church. And I told her, I said, you need to know God for yourself. It's not the rest, but who are the church? It is you and I, isn't it? We come together, we worship. So you need to know God for yourself. It is not the responsibility of the church. You don't, you can't, like we discussed this morning, you don't come to church, hear the word, and then go home and just push the word on the side and start to do the things of the word. You need to let the word be activated in your life every single day and act the way the word says you should act. Amen. And we need to deepen ourselves in, the, in knowing God. It can't, be, it can't be about what you heard. Like I said, it needs to be something that you, you know about him deep down in your spirit. You say you confess. You, I mean, we say the confession every Sunday, isn't it? Oh, yes, I'm powerful. I, I cannot be dominated. I mean, I, would dom I have dominion. I can do all things. Whatever I say go to has to go. Whatever I say come to has to come. Then we get home on Monday morning or Tuesday morning. Just a little bit headache. We can't even speak to the headache. Just small thing like headache. You can't command it to go. You're like, oh, God, I'm, I'm sick today. I'm down today. And you start confessing that, yes, you might have a headache. But the minute you start, one thing I always say to myself, I said, the minute I open my mouth to say I've got something, that thing lingers on. You know, but the minute I say, no, I don't have it, one way or the other, you just find out that you don't, you don't feel that headache anymore. That is just fizzle out. So we need to start hoeing our position in God. Amen. We need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. You need to put on the whole hammer of Christ and tell the devil that he's a liar. Tell your, say to your neighbor, devil is a crazy liar. So I said, you know, efficient, let's open it. Let's see what efficient, okay, that's the whole hammer. We're just taking our stand. So taking our stand against the devil's scheme. And, you know, you must take up your shield of faith. You must not allow your faith to waver. Amen. Take up the shield of faith and fight. Stand against it. I mean, declare your deliverance. Speak to whatever that, you're going, that is going on in your life. And just claim that deliverance for yourself. Psalm 31, 19. 34, 19, sorry. Say, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. He didn't say he will deliver you from the sickness and then leave you in poverty. He did not say that. He said he would deliver the, out of them all, which means whatever it is. And he didn't promise you that you would not go through 
trials. Bible, scripture, there's no way in scripture that says you will never go through trials. It says when you pass through the water. So that means there will be a point you will pass through fire as well. You pass through water, you pass through fire. You know, we, our confession says I can climb any mountain, overcome any obstacles. Say so when I go through the water, I will, you know, I will pass through it and the Lord will deliver me. So that should be our song every single day. When the challenges is coming, you say, yes, I know because the Lord said that many are the affliction of the righteous. But he said he would deliver me. I am delivered. You take your possession. You take your stand. You put on the whole hammer of God and take up the shield of faith. Don't let any problems, any challenges weigh you down. Amen. You know, many of us, when we, when we are challenged, we go deep into depression. You know, we fall deep into depression. Oh, God, I'm depressed. I'm stressed out. So we need to start thinking. We need to start speaking, confessing positively. I want us to be rest assured this morning that God will not leave us to suffer. He will not leave us to suffer. He's our God. He's our father. He's our daddy. He will never leave us to suffer. And I pray that the Lord will just help us in Jesus' name. He said in his word, he said, after you have suffered a little while. He didn't say you will not suffer at all, but he will not leave you to suffer. So he said, after you suffered a little while, he will come and he will restore you. He will come and he will build you up. Amen. It will come and it would make you strong. It will make you firm and steadfast. So, but all we need to do is just to be a single-minded person. Know that this is what God says about me and that is what he would do. So, I want us to, I want to also look at how not to be double-minded. Number one, I say keep your mind on God. Keep your mind. Let your mind stay on God, focus on Him. Do not be, do not waver from left to right. You know, don't be like those people that goes around seeking, looking for answers to their problems when the answer is right there in front of them. So focus. Let your mind renew your mind. Let your mind mindset change. Let it be on God and on God only. And the Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you will, it will, it says if you keep your mind on him, let your mind stay on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. So when your mind stayed on God, when he's not wavering from one doctrine to the other, he will keep you in perfect peace because you trust in him. Number two, I say guide your mind. Guide your mind. Proverbs 4, 23. Proverbs 4.23, I'm going to take it from G, um, great, I mean, good news translation. It says, be careful, because I like just like the way they put it there. It says, be careful how you think. You know, the Bible says, as a man ticket, so he is. So it's the way you think, the way your mind is, that's how you are. So it says, be careful, so be careful. So I'm encouraging us, I'm employing us this morning to be careful how we think. Amen. So it says, your life is shaped by your thoughts. So that's exactly the same thing as a man ticket. So it is. So whatever your thought is, is how your life is going to be shaped. So your thoughts, your mind is a place of your intellect, your reasoning, and intentions. 
your behavior begins in your mind. And your mind is where spiritual transformation takes place. So when you want to change anything, it starts from the mind. When you want to do anything, even want to do, go into any business, any career, and it starts from your mind. It starts from you thinking about it. And then you start to actualize it, you start to manifest in it. So that which means our mind is a powerful, a powerful part in our body. Amen. So we need to change. Be careful. Philippians 4.8. It says, in conclusion, my friends, fill your minds with those things that are good and that deserve praise. Things that are true, noble, right, pure, loving. I'm going to read from the one on the screen. King James, please. Sorry. Say, finally, brethren, whatsoever things that are true, whatsoever things that are honest, whatsoever things that are just, whatsoever things that are pure, whatsoever things that are lovely, whatsoever things that are of good reports, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think of, on these things. Say to your neighbor, think on these things. Think on these things, things that are pure, things that are noble, things that are good, lovely. Let your thoughts, when you begin to think, when your mind begins to shift to the things that are not pure, then speak to your mind. Say, mind, begin to think of things that are pure. Command your, Pastor Yoni says something, say, we need to start commanding. You know, you need to see yourself walking in the power of, you know, the corridor of power. Where you have the authority to command. Amen. You begin to command your mind. Mind, I need you to change. I need you to focus. I need you to think of things that are good. Things that the Bible says I should think of. You know, you need to, you need to, we all need to start changing from our minds. So number three, I said, by recognizing your identity in Christ. By recognizing your identity, because most of the time we don't even know who we are in Christ. Now, that was another topic that came up during the, my conversation with my friend's daughter yesterday. She said, Is, can it be because the things are not happening? Are because most people, the Christians that we call ourselves, we don't know where we stand with God. That we don't even know who we are. I said, yes, yo, that's correct. That because if you know who we are, you will know that your happiness does not depend on your spouse. Your happiness does not depend on the money that you make. Your happiness does not depend on the house that you live. Your happiness is rooted in God. So when we start to believe that, that yes, it is only by him and by him alone that I can find true joy, then all other things around you will mean nothing. It will not matter. So we need to start recognizing your identity. Are you a son or a slave? I want you to ask yourself that question. Are you a son or a slave? Are we thinking about that? Are you a son or a slave? Pastor Yoni says, you saw the a slave on the horse and the, the priest is walking barefoot. Thank you so much, man. God bless you. 
You know, she said something. She said, yeah, the prince might be a very gentle and kind man. <laughs> very considerate. Maybe the slave is tired and he needed to help. But no, the majority of us are working like that. Things that we, where we're supposed to be possessing, where we're supposed to be influencing, we just allow people that, you know, they are not part of the children's and the God's family. Because God, they make us understand that he has adopted you into his family. He has adopted you into his family. So why are you giving those that have not been adopted into the family of God the opportunity to rule when you're supposed to be ruling? Our confession said, I will rule and not be ruled. I will dominate and not be dominated. But you are allowing people to dominate you, to rule you. Amen. So Galatians 3, let's see what Galatians 3.26 says. says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. Amen. So we are all sons of God through faith in Christ. So Christ, Jesus Christ must be the central fact that influences your present circumstances and determines your eternal future. And this is available by what? Faith alone. Because sometimes we, we don't understand I mean, things, the way God works. You know, I was thinking this morning in the bathroom, I, you use your card, you, so you call somebody on the phone, you use your card to pay for some things, and then the next thing, the money comes straight out of your account. And you don't question it. See, we have more faith in the system than we have in God. You don't question it. And I was thinking this morning, I said, wow. I said, but we don't, how did that happen? Just straight and the money is out of your account. But when God says he wants to do something for us, we begin to question that mm, it's not possible. How is that going to be? It can't, it can't raise the dead. If the dead is dead, it's the lie. They're just faking it. You know, we start to reason why God says we should be just have faith in him and do not doubt. Number four, I said after the word, I mean, applying the word of God, don't be hearers, but doers. So we cannot come to church. Yes, we've talked about it. Like we said this morning, whatever you hear in church, go to your group. Go to the house fellowship. Go to where you gather and meet and just start to ask questions. Talk about it. Don't let it end here. So we cannot just come to church and be the hearer and hear what the pastor is teaching or saying. And then when we go home, we just carry on and doing our own thing. We need to be the doer and not just the hearer. You know, and the, what the, the Bible passage that came to my mind when I was writing that was the story, I mean, the proverb of the two sons that um, the father asked, that, okay, I want you to go to the vineyard today to walk in the vineyard. And the first one said, I will not, or I will. Well, one of them said, I will not. And the second one said, I will, and did not. And this, the one that says, I will not, ended up doing it. So God is not interested in I will. He's interested in your doing. He's not interested in your hearing it. He's interested in the things that you put into action. Amen. If the Bible says the faith without works is dead. So you need to put faith, when you have your faith, you need to put work into it. So it's not just in a, I'm going to do it. Yes, yes, I'm going to 
gather people together. Those that are you uh, giving your house as, as fellowship this morning, God bless you. You have to do it. God is interested. I'm looking at you, ma. God is interested in the doing and not in the saying. I pray the Lord will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. So I said, I said one of the danger of being double-minded, you know, we're talking about being double-minded here. So one of the danger that James said is you cannot receive anything from God. Because if you're praying, you're asking God for something and your mind is wavering and you're expecting God to bless to give you the answer and you're wondering oh God why is this prayer not being answered go back and check yourself when you were asking what were you doing so he said we cannot receive anything from God and another one that I said here is I mean that I said is not doing what God wants you to do you know, James said something about that. He said, if you know what to do and you are not doing it, it's a sin. Amazing. So if you know something that you're supposed to do, a good thing that you're meant to do, and you're not doing it, it's a sin. So now from today, we know we're supposed to win souls. We know we're supposed to preach to people, right? And we're not doing it. We are all sinners. You know you're supposed to bless somebody. The, 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 the thought is coming to your mind. Do something for that sister. And you think, no, I, I don't even have enough to feed myself. Or I don't even have the time. It might not be money. It might be a time that God is asking you to just give your time to that person. To fellowship with that person. And you say, oh, I don't have the time. You are a sinner. And a double-minded I hope we've been blessed this morning. So it's just a food for thought for us to go back home and just begin to think. Let's begin to think. The, um, James said, he says, purify your mind. Cleanse your thoughts. Purify your mind, ye double-minded. So I want us to take this home today and just begin to ask God to purify us. You know, this is the whole week. If that's all you're just going to do, pray to God that, God, I just need you to walk in my mind. Amen. I pray that the Lord will help us. You know, when I, I said something, I said, James was not speaking to people that are not born again. He was speaking to the Christians, the believers that are starting to doubt. So if you're here this morning, if you're sitting here this morning and you've not given your life to God, you've not accepted, the, accepted, accepted him, sorry, my mouth is getting dry now. If you've not accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you're here this morning listening to this message, I just want you to put your hand up. It's just as a surrender to God this morning and put it down. If you put your hands up with all eyes closed, put your hands up. If you're here this morning, I just want the God to come into your life. You want him to purify you. You want him to take hold of your life, to be the pillar behind everything that you do. I want you to just raise your hand up and put it down, and the Lord will help you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the message is for everyone this morning then. So I want us to just pray to God this morning and declare that your mind is reset. 
I want you to declare it that your mind is renewed, that it is restored, it's revived, that every thought that does not bring God glory in your mind, that is being removed right now, that God is working, is working in your mind, that is working in your thoughts, in your thinking, in your imagination. I want you to begin to declare it. That God, I declare that my mind is purified. My mind is cleansed this morning. My mind is sanctified this morning, oh God. I want you to declare that you're no longer a carnally minded, but Christ minded. Begin to speak to God. The Bible says in the book of James that we read verse 4, it says that let the endurance complete its work so that you may be fully matured, complete and lacking nothing. So I want you to speak to God this morning that Lord help me, help me to find joy even in the trials, in the challenges that I'm facing. Lord let me find joy in it. I want you to repent from every double-mindedness this morning. Ask God to purge you. Ask him to purify your mind. Speak to him. It's just between you and God. Nobody else. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. Eternal Rock of Ages, we bless your holy name. Thank you for the word that we've heard this morning, oh God. Lord, we pray that you will purify our mind. You will sanctify our mind, oh God. Lord, we repent this morning of our double-mindedness. And Lord, we adopt, oh God, the mind of Christ that made us to be transformed in our mind, oh God. Father, we say thank you. Continue to speak to him. 